You're listening to An Open Dialogue. I'm Violet Al. And I am Todrick Handel. And it is June, and we are excited because yesterday was something I'm assuming everybody celebrates, Global Beatles Day. I mean, what did you do for Global Beatles Day, Violet? Did you? (laughs) Okay, see, this is where we have like a huge um, confession. (laughs) <laughs> and and this is what is so fun about our podcast because we try not to discuss our answers and we and we come up with topics ahead of time but we try True. not to discuss what we're going to say ahead of time. Right. Q collective gasp here. I am not a Beatles fan. Well, you know what? I, I don't see that as a collective gasp. I really will admit that um, I I like some of. Uh, I guess I could be called a Beatles fan in in the most esoteric way, but I would not say I am not like one of those people who's like, oh my gosh, I, I you know, I would have died to be at the concerts. Eh. Um, I was more of a, I was not really a, a British Invasion fan, and I say this as though I were alive at the time, which I was not, um, but we lived in California, um, and so I was more of a Beach Boys, Jan and Dean, um, uh, we were we were beach music people. And see, and I grew up in Mississippi, so Elvis. Yes, well, king. Elvis too. Yes. And so I, yeah. and I, and, and I have this theory, and I, and I've only met one or two people who disprove it, but I think that if you are passionately a Beatles fan, you are not so much an Elvis fan, and if oh. you are passionately an Elvis fan, you're not so much a Beatles fan. And there are people who like both, and that's but me. But I find that the people yeah. who tend to be really rabid towards one of those is kind of eh, uh, towards the other. And I think it's yeah, because think they were kind yeah. of in competition at, in at the sense. same time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so, I kind um, of feel. I kind of feel mildly positive toward both of them. My mother was a huge, huge Elvis Presley fan. She loved him. I mean, I, I remember when Elvis died, um, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking. Um, and my father, interestingly, was not a Beatles fan at all. But my mother, while he was at West Point, uh, bought, and I still have, the very first Beatles album. And it's, it's still in good shape. I can still listen to it. I have the cover art and everything. Um, and but that's the only Beagle, Beatles album that my parents owned was that very first one that my mother had bought. Um, whereas there's probably seven or eight Elvis ones in there. So there you go. There's your there's your uh, theory. It, there you go. It, it holds water. It you does. were actually you were actually one of the people that I was counting as a person who liked both because we had discussed yeah. that on our road trip. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. But um, but I also feel like you're not hugely passionate no. for one or the other no so it's no. um my my night uh my knight absolutely loves the beatles mm-hmm. and most of the time when i get in his car it's on sirius's beatles channel <laughs> and we have been to see movies about the beatles and we have been to um at hard rock live in orlando mm-hmm. they have um they have this thing um classic albums live or whatever and they and they take an album and they have like an an orchestra and singers and they do the album from start to finish exactly Mm -hmm. as it was recorded which is really cool we've been to several of those and we've been to several that were the Beatles Mm -hmm. and it's not that I I don't like loathe their music it's not that I can't sit through it it just doesn't particularly appeal to me I think the biggest thing is I find it very repetitive 
Well, and I can see that. And, and I tend to be, yesterday on my, on my author page, I posted the, you know, the announcement that it was Global Beatles Day. And, um, and I posted uh, my top 10 Beatles songs. And I realized that I really had to kind of dig to, to sh- talk about which one of their early songs I, I liked. And there were a couple, um, uh, She Loves You that one I like and um and yesterday uh we're, we're what is your favorite those. Beatles song my all-time number one well go look on the author page wait you mean you don't know no <laughs> my all-time number one Beatles song um is uh, in my life and as I said yesterday the interesting thing about that was that I never heard that by the Beatles um I heard, the first time I heard that song was by Bette Midler because I had the soundtrack for the movie for the boys. And I love that. It's all um, music from the forties, you know, and, uh, uh, I heard that song and I loved it. It just, it hit me at a time. I mean, I, I remember where I was the first time I heard it. We had just moved to Wisconsin. And then I realized that it was, you know, uh, actually a Beatles song. And when I heard them sing it, it, it hit me even more. And so that is actually, my my very favorite I just it just kind of it's what I want played at my funeral so when I did weddings it's surprising how many people pick that for their first dance song really yeah see and I I see it in a totally different I see it in a totally different way obviously because you just said you wanted it right exactly (laughs) but yeah Yeah. a lot of people pick it um for their first dance song and um my favorite Beatles song actually was because I heard it at a wedding as a processional bridesmaids processional done just on a um, string trio Mm -hmm. and it was absolutely beautiful and so then I went and and listened to the song and it's Eleanor Rigby oh that's that's my favorite Beatles really yeah I love Eleanor Rigby and it's beautiful with the strings yeah the, the music is I don't like the well I have a I have a complicated um uh, relationship with Eleanor Rigby. It was funny because this morning as I was getting ready, I was listening to the Beatles just, you know, to get into the mood. And um, the music is beautiful. You're absolutely right. But the story of it, it's it's kind of haunting and, yeah, and particularly, dark. yeah, it is dark. And particularly for me, I, I tend to read more into it because I know a lot about um, the religious history in, in Great Britain. And so I it's it's actually talking about the um, what happened during the 60s and the 70s to the Church of England um, in in Great Britain, and so I, um, it it really does hit me in a in in a, a very tender place, I guess. But uh, and and I don't know, it always made me sad, you know, because I know that there are these people who who have nobody, and it it just it really did it, it hit me it hit me hard. Um, another reason that we are, you know, that the Beatles are kind of the, have the Beatles ever? Week? Yeah, have the have the Beatles really ever gone away? No, I don't think so. No. But but the reason that they're they're um, on everybody's lips that they're possibly trending on Twitter is because the a movie comes out um, on Friday called Yesterday. And when I heard about this, and I heard about it through Ed Sheeran, my buddy Ed, he said to me, "Hey, <laughs> you and Ed were chatting." T. Yes, he said T. He calls me T. T. You're gonna love this movie. You are. Um, <laughs> he. Uh, I, I I heard about it. I follow him on Instagram. And he 
was talking about this movie and I started looking into it and I just went, oh my gosh, I love this concept. I can't wait to see it. I sent it to my kids. Um, interestingly, although my, I said my parents were not Beatles fans, really, my kids are um, and, and, and to a great degree, much more than I was. I, I kind of feel like I was in the generation where my parents might have been, but they weren't. Um, and my kids and, and my kids' friends are just like rabid Beatles fans. We have a cat named Mrs. Lennon, okay? Let's just, let's just think about that for a minute. Um, and so this, is, this was a, you know, a, a big excitement for us to share. So this movie, if you have not heard about it or seen the, the trailer, the idea behind it is that this guy, um, I, as I understand it, um, he's hit his head or he, 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 he does something, he wakes up in a world where the Beatles never existed. And, and he's the only one that remembers He's the music. only one yes. who remembers it. And he's able to, um, you know, to kind of bring it out in a way that, that you know, so we get to see the, the advent of the Beatles music without the actual Beatles doing it, um, which is an interesting idea because I think part of the Beatles' attraction was probably, if we think about the early days, was there was these four, you know, Four handsome guys. Arguably good-looking guys from, from yeah. Great Britain, from Liverpool, who, who the women swooned over. Um, and then they, they actually became a cultural phenomenon if, uh, beyond their music, I think, wouldn't you say? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Um, and we went and, we went and watched... Um, I gave my night... I don't know if it was for Valentine's or his birthday or something, but there was a movie... It came around and it was like one of those things. It was like a one night only special presentation. And it was like a documentary on the Beatles. And we went to mm -hmm. see it. And they talked about in interviews that it, it became something that was way bigger than them. You know what I mean? Like it became yeah. so much more than the music or whatever. And there was an interview where they talked about an appearance that they did. I want to say it was in Yankee Stadium, but I could be wrong. And anybody listening, feel free to correct me on that. But... Paul was talking and he said that they were in this van and they were driving them out to the middle of the field where the stage was and he said the screaming was so loud that they couldn't hear themselves talk and they're shuffling around in the back of this van and, and people are trying to rush it and people are trying to you know climb all over it and he said that they were all looking at each other like do we want to do this like it, it had become something that was so much bigger that it was kind of like almost not enjoyable anymore yeah and he said that night on stage they couldn't hear the music they couldn't hear each other playing and, and Ringo literally was watching them strum the guitar in order to keep time with the music because he couldn't hear what was being played That's... and so um I, I think the level of and, and nowadays, I, I think most people who achieve a level of fame have to deal with the paparazzi and have to deal with people everywhere up in their business. But I think they were one of the first groups that was like stalked, you know what yeah. I mean? Where like yeah. they, they lost all semblance of privacy or normal life or any kind of, of, you know, alone time kind of thing. Well, yeah, they did. And, and when you think about how much they brought into our, our vernacular, too, you think about um, John leaving his, his wife, John Lennon leaving his wife, and, and then um, getting involved with Yoko Ono, uh, who arguably, again, I'm not trying to say anything controversial, but there's, there's this understanding that she broke up the Beatles. I don't necessarily think she's to blame for that. I think that kind of goes to another uh, cultural phenomenon that says that, you know, women are blamed for these sort of things. But 
we still know that we'll, we'll call somebody who breaks up a group a yoko a yoko yeah, yeah you know yeah. we'll we'll talk about well, that and, they, and in we that, in that movie they talked about like with his first wife exactly yes what you were saying before that part of their appeal was that these you know four single handsome guys like they actually the publicity arm of their production company didn't didn't want anyone to know that he was married right um because it it changed their appeal and i think that um you know that definitely had to weigh on that marriage you know that definitely definitely had to be part of that and i think um yoko helped things along with them breaking up but when you when you watch the interviews and read things about them I think they were all kind of disillusioned and in a place where it wasn't working for them anymore so I definitely think she was maybe a catalyst that that spurred it into action but the the fractures were there the fissures were there (coughs) it gives me I think I think you're absolutely right I think that um I think that they they were uh, you know wanting to maybe try music on their own. I mean, after you have lived in somebody's pocket for as long as they had, you know, in each other's basically, uh, you know, pockets and, and so close together and, and kind of feeling like the world just expected them to make the same music over and over again. And, and that's another thing is that they went a long way. If you listen to, say, Help or She Loves You or uh, Do You Want to Hold My Hand? You know, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Um, and then you go up to what? Sergeant the, Peppers. Sergeant Peppers. You go to Norwegian <laughs> Wood. You go to Paperback. Yeah. Right. You go to to Let It Be. Um, that music is just... is. I mean, eons from from where they started, and um, and I think that they they grew along with that time. Uh, I often have wondered, and this movie I think might kind of uh, touch on that. What if the Beatles had debuted in the early seventies? What if they had lived in the early eighties? Would we have seen that same thing, or or right. were they? Right. Did they happen to come in at a time when the world was changing so quickly that? It was that everything was ripe. So, you know, it's one of those things that, that we'd never really know. But uh, but it's an interesting, um, you know, an interesting thought. What was the very first, I know you said you're not a Beatles fan, but I mean, I think it's, it's one of these, uh, you know, worldwide things. What was the first Beatles song you ever remember hearing? I don't know, because there's a lot of songs that I had no idea that they were the Beatles like even Mm. even still today like a song will come on when we're listening to that Beatles channel and I'm like oh this is the Beatles (laughs) I just they were so not on my radar that I really don't know um but I mean I I think um I I remember like obviously when I was a kid like Yellow Submarine Mm. I remember um because I just thought that was a you know a funny song I guess and um did you sing that in school? Did you sing that in music class in school? I don't we think did. So. We did. We we were hip so. in the East, and so we. You know, yeah, I don't. We did. That. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's the first one you remember? I was, you know, I was thinking about this, and I think it must have been "Let It Be." Um, uh, that's the first one that definitely made an impression on me. And again, we were not, my, my parents listened purely to the pop stations, but we were a very musical family in that we were, you know, we discussed music a lot. We talked about it. Um, we talked about songs and what they meant to us and whatever. Um, but I remember Let It Be, uh, the, I, it just had, it, it painted a visual for me that the idea of Mother Mary comes to me, uh, just really uh, spoke to me. So that one might be, and then I remember later, uh, I had a cousin who was, or I have a cousin who was like five years older than me, and I think she listened to 
songs like Norwegian Wood and Ticket to Ride and whatever. And those were, for me, they were, eh, you know, but they were, they were definitely played and I heard them quite a bit. Um, and then when my parents started listening, uh, when oldies stations became a thing, which they had not been in my early childhood, but by the time I was in, say, middle school or so, oldie stations were becoming a thing, and they played the Beatles on there. And I, that's where I discovered a lot. Like you said, oh, okay, this is the Beatles. Oh, this is right, cool. You know, right. this, this is kind of neat. Um, you know, so. Uh, One of the uh, things that, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. One of the things that has been, I, I guess, kind of interesting to me or, or fascinating to me as I've learned more about the Beatles from living with someone who is a huge fan um, is how each of them, as they did begin to break apart and, and go their own separate ways, how different their music was from each other. Like yes. if you listen to John, you listen to Paul McCartney and Wings, you listen to, you know, Ringo's, like it, it just, um, or George Harrison's, like, you know what I mean? Like it just, the way that their music was different, like, you know, you've got one going into sitar playing and what yes. is going into like you know yeah. these ballads and so it, it was um I think it's interesting how they were such a cohesive unit for so long and then breaking apart how you saw their individuality come out more absolutely you know and I I definitely remember that you know the music that came out in the aftermath of their breaking up, that probably was more influential on me. You know, Paul McCartney and Wings, that was something we listened to all the time. Um, and, and George Harrison, my, you know, my sweet Lord. Um, and then I was just starting to really discover music in my own sense. You know, I was probably 10, 11, 12, around that time when um, John Lennon released um, the the uh, the album that he did in the early 80s, right before he died. Actually, I, I think it came out after he was killed, but it had Woman and it had, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of those songs that, that have really were the, the last word of his when it came to music. He had kind of taken the, sitting there watching the wheels go round and round. I love right, that one. Right. Um, so those really... Uh, had a lot more impact on me, especially as I think um, I, they were released in the wake of his assassination, uh, which I remember vividly. And I think I'm more familiar with those songs just because of the age I was when they came out right. versus the you know the ones that were Beatles. Who would you say is your favorite Beatle? Oh, Paul. I just, I just, I just. He seems to me. I think um, I was. I loved his relationship with his wife. I, you know, yes. I was very sad when she died. Linda, let's clarify because yes. he's had a couple. Yes, so he has. That's clarify. true. Linda. Yes, I'm talking about Linda, <laughs> and um, and his daughter uh, Stella. I, I've enjoyed her. Um, and, and and now he actually has a stepchild who attended Rollins, and so he used to be in Winter Park pretty frequently. My kids would see, you know, every now and again, they would say, "Oh, you know, you you would you could be walking around Winter Park and possibly see Paul McCartney just out strolling because his third wife, third wife, um, her, her child, her son, uh, was a Rollins student." So, um, you know, he, he, he kind of feels like a hometown boy now. No. He just yeah. always seemed to me to be very relatable. Um, and, and I think I have also, another phenomenon is that I have seen the Beatles through the eyes of other musicians who I love. For instance, I've always been a huge Billy Joel fan. And Billy Joel, the Beatles were it for him. And when <laughs> he did the, you know, when he did the final um, concert at Yankee Stadium and... And Paul McCartney 
you know, came in and they, they basically, and it gives me goosebumps because these kind of things do, but they sang, um, the, the, he would, they were, you hear the Beatles had kind of opened up this, this stadium as a place to have concerts. That's where they had this, this, and then Billy Joel and Paul McCartney were closing it down. And, and I can't hear that live recording without crying just because it's, it just is, it's beautiful. Um, so, which is funny, like this is, this to me is, is one of the most beautiful things about life and the world we live in and why there are red and green apples because some people really like something and other people don't and as I said my husband's car is quite often tuned to the Beatles channel on Sirius and Billy Joel does like a hosting segment on the Beatles channel Mm -hmm. where Billy Joel sings the Beatles and I can't stand Billy Joel. (sighs) I told my husband it is a special kind of hell (laughs) when I'm in his car and not only do I have to listen to Beatles music, but I have to listen to Beatles music sung by Billy Joel. (laughs) But anyway. um, Yeah. Well, again, I think, I think that has something to do with where we both grew up too. And I grew up in the Northeast where Billy Joel was. Yeah. I mean, good God. Everybody loved Billy Joel. He's a New York boy, you know. Right, right. He's homeboy. Yeah. So yeah, and I've seen him, and I will say we saw him in concert. Um, we saw him in concert on New Year's Eve a few years. Yeah. Ago. And and despite the fact that he is not one of my favorite artists, it was one of the best concerts that I've ever He's seen. Amazing. He put on an amazing concert. Yeah. He was very. Um, uh, entertaining, very personable, um, just his, his talking and his stories. And I very, very much enjoyed the concert um, yeah. itself. We also saw Paul McCartney yes. years ago and what he has said is his farewell um, yeah. tour. And, uh, and I, I agree with you. I think Paul is probably my favorite Beatle as far as the music that he's put out afterwards. I do like some of John Lennon's solo work, mm-hmm. but um, I, I do think Paul is, is my favorite. And I love, Paul just recently put out a new album and I've, and I've really yes. liked the music on his new album, but um, it was, it was, God, I'm trying to think of like the, the right adjective to describe it. To see Paul McCartney in concert was very cool because I do feel like he is an absolute legend, yeah. obviously, in, in the music world. But to see how humble he was yeah. about it being what he considers his farewell tour. Like there, were, there was a time when he asked them to turn up the lights in the house. And he said, if you will, please indulge me a moment just to stand here and look at this and take it all in and I told John I can't imagine going from you know obscurity and this this just this rise to fame that is basically like none other you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and being at the top of that pinnacle where they were at a point where they were like do we even want to do this anymore kind of thing and then riding out this career that he's had and being one of the last remaining members of the group, still alive, still making music, still doing things. And then to know that he's standing on that stage and he's kind of in the last act of this play it is, um, was very poignant and very, um, it was very tender to kind of exactly. see what it, you could, it was very obvious what it meant to him. It was right. very obvious that it wasn't lost on him what all that meant so yeah it was cool definitely definitely and it is it's you know I mean what do you think would have changed because if we're talking about you know in conjunction with this movie um what 
can, what can, can you imagine what the world would have been without the Beatles? I mean, can you? No, because they've influenced so many other musicians. Yeah. They've influenced um, the world of music. They've influenced. Um, no, I, I really yeah. can't. Like, I just, I really think they changed. So, I mean, we look at bands that have that kind of longevity, like the Rolling Stones or, or you know, even Aerosmith. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, we look at other bands that have been right. around forever. Um, the Eagles, even. Right. But I don't think that they made the significant mark that the Beatles did. I don't think they had as much of an effect or had as much of a lasting um, change on the music industry as a whole. And so, do you think that it was more the the music that they made or the personalities making the music? I think both. Yeah. I think it was so different from anything that had been done. Um, that that there was that element of it of of it being something fresh and being something new and and being something almost like scandalous and and rebellious right. and I think they kind of ushered in uh, a di- a different era in music and what what music meant and and you know along with Elvis kind of ushered Definitely. in rock and roll yeah you know um, the two of them together and so I I don't know I I think it was definitely the appeal of these four single young guys and definitely the appeal of their music and and even though I commented about their music being repetitive we know from scientific studies that pop songs that are repetitive are more catchy and easier for people to learn and, and harder to forget and therefore they become hits but um so I think they had, a, I think they had like a, a trifecta of things going on it was the right time the right place I think it was the error yeah. Um, you know, what was going on in society and in culture when they came along and their looks and their personality and their music just hit at the right time. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree. So we've we've established that you're not really a fan, but do you have a song that you either like or a like dislike less than the others? Well, I definitely like I said, I definitely like Eleanor Rigby. Right. Um, more so for the music than anything else. Right. Um um, I like Hey Jude. Yeah, um, I love that one too. You know, I mean, I think there's some that are like classics like that that I do like. Um, uh, let, let's ask. Let, yes, leaves. I love that one too. Um, um, my, most my, of the ones that I like, it's more for the music than anything else. My second favorite is Something. I love that one because it's just, to me, it's the most sensual. Something in the way she moves attracts me like no other lover. Oh, I I just, that's, that's one of those songs that just makes me melt. I love, love, love that song. Again, that's one of those that I'm like, oh, oh, that's the Beatles. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Hey, I kind of like that. I probably knew that, but like for you to say, oh, something, I'm like, yeah, what's that? (laughs) Then once you say it, I like it. So I think there are, there are several of their songs that I'm like oh yeah okay I like that there's one and I have no idea what the name of it is I know it's on Sgt. Pepper's because that was one of the ones that we saw at Classic Albums Live and like they brought out a little rug and the dude came out and sat down with his little sitar and like I really liked that song I loved the music of that song Hmm. but I have no idea yeah, what I it don't is. Know. John told me that it was George Harrison. Who yeah, well, that would brought be... in the Indian influence. Yes, the guitar definitely. Like that. So I was like, oh, yeah. cool. All right. Well, I like that. Uh, but, um, what what because I know that you are a singer and I was I was singing in the shower this morning. I was singing along to yesterday, which is my favorite place to sing is in the shower or the car. Um, which which song would you sing? Which song do you think is the best sing alongable? one for the Beatles. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I thought so. (laughs) You know what? I don't know. We had, when, um, when our kids were in middle school, 
we had rock band mm -hmm. on the Xbox and it was a it was a regular family activity that I think my husband and I probably enjoyed more than the kids <laughs> did where we we were the band right. playing and we had Beatles rock band that was all Beatles songs right and I'm trying to think if there was like one that really kind of like stood out to me um probably twist and shout okay that one's that one's pretty good so that one's fun that's kind of a fun one to sing my favorite to sing along to and happily delia loves it delia is a is a big beatles fan is um obladi obladi oblada oh, life yeah. goes on that one is a lot of fun to sing yeah to sing along with um and and interestingly speaking of my granddaughter who is a beatles fan when she is fussy We'll, they'll put her in the swing, which she's just barely still small enough to be in the swing. And when Greg starts to sing um, with his guitar, when he plays the opening notes to In My Life, she Aww. goes wild, wild. So she cool. kicks, she, she laughs, she just like cannot, she's so, and she'll just sit there and be enraptured. So she likes that one. She likes In My Life. She likes um, Michelle. And and she likes Obladi, which I sing to her. So and she she doesn't seem to hate my voice, so, you know. I like Michelle. Yes. You said that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I like that one. Yeah, kind of like that one. Um, um, what is the one with the um, I Am the Walrus? Oh, yeah. It's I Am the Walrus. Cuckoo, cachoo. Yeah, that one cracks me up. Yeah. Like, it. <laughs> like that okay. one. I will say, there's a lot of their songs that I look at my husband, and I'm like, what were they right. on? Right, I know. When Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And and there are some things that are definitely have kind of a darker theme. And that was, uh, you know, um, it was a, a big deal, not in my lifetime, but before that there was this rumor that Paul had died and that they yeah, had, the, right? Yes. And that if you played. He's barefoot in the. Right. Because he was barefoot in the, yeah. um, the Abbey Road cover. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and that if you played what song backwards, it said, Paul is dead. Yeah, um, it's the it's the it's my sweet lord. Um, uh, well, that one was just the, George Harrison. Well, there's a song that says Paul is dead. Right. This is we you and I have talked about before oh, about okay. when they came to my church and did this whole huge thing about the the backwards rock and roll. Oh, and, you know, yes, we were all being yes, controlled yes, by yes, Satan. Yes, that's right. Um, because the my sweet lord, the reason that one stuck in my head is because of the Hare Krishna. Right. Um, yes. Like, you know, that was considered a really bad one. I'm trying right. to remember, but there is one that if you play it backwards, if, it's, it's totally, and, and of course we're saying this and dead. there's, there's people in, in, in the audience probably who are like, play backwards. How do you play a song backwards? Yeah, it's, well, you would just turn the, the turntable backwards, was it? It was the 80s, people. Right? Oh no, it, it was, was like in the eighties. What that that, that was to, a thing? It, no, yeah, oh no, been, no, it was. Well, they came to my church in the eighties. Okay, we well, lived in Pensacola at the time, and we didn't move there until eighty. It was it was a rumor. The initial rumor was was in the late sixties or early seventies because it was when the Beatles okay. were still together. the The idea was that, um, uh, you know, that that they had replaced him. Um, let's really? see. Yes, and people believed that. Yes, I mean, I guess people will, will believe anything, but. Yes. Um, oh, here it is. Okay, wait a second. It came from, this is, you know, information that you have to have to go on with your day. Well, um, it came from know, the White Album. Beatles Week. Okay. And uh, it, it, the, the conspiracy said that he had died in November of 1966 and was played by Look Like. And the rumor started in September of 1969. I remember it well, of course, because I was two and a half years old. Um, and it actually started on college campuses in the U.S. And they were looking at uh, Beatles songs <laughs> and covers. And... Um, 
the idea, I guess, was that if you played one of the songs um, on the White Album, oh, uh, Revolution, uh, Revolution 9, because it says, Turn Me On, Dead Man, um, that, uh, that he was dead. So, And kind anyway. of ironic that he's one of the ones who's still only- alive. Yeah. Yeah. Living members. Yeah. But. Yeah. But there we go. So the, there the, we we'll, go. we'll we'll close on that high note of Urban. Paul is not dead. Urban. Yeah. Paul is not dead. He is still making music. But if you have not heard yeah. his latest album, you check should. it out. You should. And some cool music I know I'm going to be going to see yesterday. So I hope that if you go see it, or if you're planning to go see it, I will it, definitely go see it. Please do um, comment on our on our page and let us know that that you and let us know if you're it. a Beatles fan yes definitely and what's um, your favorite what song your Beatles, what, yeah what is your favorite Beatles song what is your favorite Beatle yeah um I think it's it's interesting like all these music movies are coming out I know now, like I love Rhapsody it and Rocket Man yeah coming out with Bruce Springsteen yes. it's supposed to be based on a true story and yeah so I love all these music movies um I'll definitely go and see them and um yeah, let us let us know your thoughts on the Beatles. And if you are in Florida or planning to be in Florida, do stop by Space Coast this weekend to see Violet Howe, who will be yes. signing there. So Space Coast book lovers over go. in um, Cape Canaveral at the Radisson, and um, would love to see everybody. It's a public signing on Saturday, the 29th. And it will be open to the public and would love to see you guys. So and you can find information on my website. I will be home loving on my grandbaby because she comes home tonight after a week of vacation. So that's what I am going to be doing. Yay. Is loving on my grandbaby. Yes. <laughs> so singing her Beatles songs, of course. That's what there I'll be doing. There you go. Yes. So. There you go. I think it's cool that, that Beatles are generational. Yes. Like that there's people. Um, we have friends who... That's something that that the the father and son have really bonded over is that they share a love for the Beatles and and um, I think that that's really cool that it's it's music that transcends generations. Absolutely, so. I agree. All right, have a great Beatle have week. a wonderful week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.